The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What's keeping you from being the best you can be? Whatever the issue, you can clear that obstacle and come out swinging. Welcome to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanacola. On today's show, we will feature guest experts who can bring you the tools and ideas that you need to take the next step to your personal success. Now, here is Dr. Linda Sanicola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about relationships with my guest, Lauren Mackler. And let me tell you a little bit about her. For more than 20 years, she has helped individuals, couples, groups, and companies around the world to live boldly, helping them to liberate their potential and achieve the vision to which they aspire. She is a coach and psychotherapist, a media commentator for CNN and Fox, blogger for the Huffington Post, creator of Illumineering Coaching, and author of the international bestseller Soulmate, and that's spelled S-O-L-E, mate, Master the Art of Aloneness and Transform Your Life. Her work has been covered widely in the media, including NPR, CNN, Fox, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and many other media. Lauren has served as a member of Northeastern University's faculty, guest lecturer at Brandeis and Harvard Universities, and featured presenter at Canyon Ranch, Omega, and Kripalu. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. It's great to be here. You know, I'm looking forward to our conversation, and I I realize I'd sort of like to hear a little bit more about your background and journey and what um, made you decide to write this book. Well, it really evolved from my own personal experience, and uh, like many of us that got married very young, I ended up getting divorced. And I was in my mid-30s, and I was absolutely terrified. And I had been, mind you, a very independent younger person. In fact, I actually ran away from home <clears throat> excuse me, and hitchhiked to Florida when I was 14 years old from Boston. Oh, but you were brave. <laughs> well, maybe a little brave, or, maybe a little or crazy s- mixed in there. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was going through this divorce, and my life as I knew it just completely shattered. And because I had built my life around this other person, including moving to their country, working Mm -hmm. in my ex-husband's medical practice as a therapist, so I was dependent on him in a lot of different ways. And um, we, we relocated there. And when the marriage ended, everything ended. You know, it's not only the marriage, but we ended up, my children and I ended up having to leave Europe and coming back here because I couldn't afford to make a living there. Mm-hmm. And I came back and I was penniless, I was clueless, I was fearful, and I really had to build a new life. And I was all, even though I was a therapist, when it's yourself, when you're inside yourself, it's a whole different ballgame. Right. And I was very depressed and I tried to seek out some help. And at the time, I really couldn't find any resources that were helpful. 
and I realized I have to figure this out on my own. So I put together uh, what I called at the time a renewal program for myself, and I started to structure my life to do certain things to, number one, reframe my situation as one of, from one of loss to one of a new opportunity to learn new things and develop myself in new ways. And I started to do things every day to support myself inside, my inner support system, and build an outer support system. Mm-hmm. And by doing these things in a very disciplined, kind of regular, ongoing way, I started to see a lot of changes. And then over time, I realized two years later, I was completely a different person. And I had grown in so many ways, and it was such a valuable experience that I realized I had kind of created a roadmap that could help other people. Mm -hmm. So I started teaching it as a workshop. I called it at the time Mastering the Art of Aloneness. And it was really about relationship with yourself, you know, as the core primary relationship, since it's the only one you have most consistently Mm -hmm. throughout your life. And eventually someone said, turn it into a book. And so I did. Wow, that's quite a journey. I, I love the expression you use, clueless and penniless. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's one, one condition that will drive us to doing whatever we have to do uh, to make changes. Especially when you have two children to take care of by yes. yourself. You know, yeah. that's, that's really a, a, a motivator. Because I think if I hadn't had that, I was so down at that point in my life. Um, I don't think a person can get much lower uh, mm-hmm. than where I was. Um, you know, I really didn't see any chance or any hope for things to be better, but I knew I had to make them better for my children. Mm-hmm. And I think that powerful drive is what leads many of us to create whatever the creation is of a book or a program or whatever it is, that powerful drive. That's um, right. What, what's the and, expression? Necessity is what? What is it? The mother of invention, or something? Yes, like that? exactly, exactly. Um, so, can we start with? Um, can you describe what you mean by mastering the art of aloneness? Well, you know, it, originally I called it mastering the art of aloneness because I just really loved that title, and it seemed to capture the essence of where I began. But over time, I realized that it really was not about aloneness in the sense of being alone. It was really about wholeness. Mm -hmm. And if I had to do it over again, I think I would have subtitled the book Mastering the Art of Wholeness, because that's really what it's about. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much focus on relationships with other people. And in fact, from the time we're really little, there's much more focus and priority uh, spent on relationship with the other as opposed to relationship with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And many of us have heard you have to love yourself, you have to care for yourself, and those kinds of things as nice concepts, but not really knowing how to do that. Right. I, know, I don't know about you, but my parents never said it's really important to have a very strong, self-respecting, joyful and fulfilling relationship with yourself. Nope, um, they never skills. did. And let me teach you the skills to do that, sweetheart, you know, because yeah. our parents never learned that stuff. Right, and, right. Um, But they're really basic skills because, as I say to people all the time, who's the one person, the only person that's with you from the time you draw your first breath until you exhale your last, and that's yourself. And yet, very often, uh, people, if it, you know, I say to people, if you treated your friends, the way you treat yourself, you wouldn't have too many friends. We're sort of oh. last on the list. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's really what it's about. It's about mastering the art of relationship with oneself. 
Yes, and that's so powerful. And I know I tell people all the time when they're contemplating relationship issues, I tell them they really need to know themselves first and foremost. And, you know, they'll say, well, I think I know him well enough or blah, blah. And I said, you need to know you well enough. That's right. Before you I, move I forward. I completely agree. And, and I would even add to that, not only know yourself, but have a really strong foundation of self and, and knowing how to, how to provide love and joy and fulfillment from the inside out. Um, I'm working actually with a client right now who is just coming through a breakup. And she's completely devastated, completely devastated. And it's because she was so dependent on the other person to provide those qualities of joy mm-hmm. and, um, and a sense of connection and, and the feeling of love. She was so dependent on the other person to provide those things for her, as was I when I was married and when I went through my divorce, that when the person leaves, and in her case and my past case, those qualities vanish from your life if you haven't cultivated them within yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's certainly true, and and part of that I think is the ability to reclaim your own power. That many of us, and I think women especially, tend to surrender. Yes. And they, you know, just give it up to their partner, and then when that relationship ends, they feel like they don't have anything, and they That's have right. to. Or even within the relationship, people lose themselves. It's hard to stay individuated. Mm-hmm. in a relationship, and, and not just for women. I see that with men, too. It's, it's mm-hmm. like they, they sort of lose where's the line, where, where, mm-hmm. I, you know, where I end and my partner begins. It, it, it's hard to maintain a sense of self sometimes in partnership. I think that's true as well. And so one of the things that I, I admired about your book, Lauren, is that it, it, it's a lot of work. I mean, you didn't write this overnight, and it's so comprehensive that I think you cover all the really salient aspects of laying that foundation that you're talking about. I mean, if, well, if someone's willing to do the work and sit yes, down and read you. it, it's all there. Well, yeah, and, and um, there's a couple of things that probably drove that. One is... Um, I tend to not want anybody to miss anything, and um, so I want to include everything that I can possibly think of. And the second thing is I'm really about um, concrete tools Mm -hmm. because many books, there's a lot of wonderful theory and concepts and ideas, but then, okay, how do you translate it and apply it in your life? And Mm -hmm. so I purposely wrote soulmate to for every chapter to end with an exercise where you're actually doing the work that you've just read about in the uh, uh, in the beginning of the chapter so that you start to apply it to your own lives and you have some guidance and I wanted to make it as easy as possible with things like quizzes and um, things that you complete as opposed to having to not really know, have any kind of structure. I wanted to make it as easy as possible for people. And so hopefully, you know, people are getting some real takeaways and some concrete tools that are usable. And it's also designed to be a resource to go back to again and again, not just once, but you can look up different things. Um, but it's also kind of a roadmap and a, and a structured process. Right. And I think it is, it is that. It, as far as I could tell, as I read through it, you know, like I said, it's just, it's, um, it's comprehensive. I mean, there's, there's a way that you've laid out for people to go through and begin to deal with this, this practical roadmap. 
So yeah, can you tell it's us not light about reading? No, it's <laughs> no, not light reading, it's not light <laughs> but reading. it's valuable it's really, reading. You know, it's really getting down to the roots of what makes you tick, and exactly. where have you been, and how has that that past created the life that you have today, and how might the life you have today impact your future, and right. and what kind of future do you want, and then to start to really think and and behave and make choices. Um, what I call living deliberately that align with the results that you want. I mean, I think most people um, live from a place of default. You know, they're not really thinking. They're just reacting based on the learned patterns from childhood that they bring with them up into adulthood. And very often those patterns are at cross purposes for what they're trying to be experiencing and, and achieving in their adult lives. Those patterns of thought and behavior may have you know, probably did make great sense growing up, but they're not necessarily making sense today. But they right. haven't updated the operating system. Exactly. You know, I I often tell people that those decisions that they made from those early paradigms made sense when they were three years old. Right. But when you're 33, not so much. <laughs> right. That's right. So That's right. And, and yeah. maybe is it okay if I give an example of what? Of course, please. You know, because sometimes people don't really know what that means. You and I, mm-hmm. you know, are in the field, so we have that reference point. But, for example, if somebody grew up in a family system where they learned through, um, you know, people's responses and role modeling and people's behavior that they needed to walk on eggshells and it was not okay to express their true thoughts or feelings, that it was a dangerous thing to do. They might be met with criticism or ridicule you know, or worse. So they learn to kind of calibrate and be censoring and be guarded and, and really withhold how they really felt and, and thought at times that felt unsafe. So that becomes sort of a survival mechanism that makes a lot of sense in, in sort of an unsafe or potentially volatile environment. But then they grow up and they're at work and they never ask for what they need or what they want. They don't set boundaries. They may find themselves undercompensated, under feeling undervalued at work because they're too terrified to speak up because that right. pattern of withholding and that belief it's not safe or it's not good when I express what I really think or feel is still at play, but it's no longer appropriate. In fact, it's limiting them, you know, in their, as, right. as an adult. Right. I think that's a great example because I, I think, you know, obviously our family systems are learned within that family. Right. And then once we step out into the big world, they don't often work as well. That's and right. They, you know, we're held back by those old patterns, just like the one you shared. That's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about the step-by-step process? Sure. Well, it starts off with um, with an assessment process and an honest assessment. And very often, one of the ways that people get through the day is, you know, good old denial. <laughs> they just don't yeah. really take a look at their lives. They're just kind of plodding through day by day. They may not be real happy uh, in their comfort zone, but there's a certain comfort in that it's familiar and, and you know, they can just sort of distract themselves with a variety of different methods. So the first thing is really stepping back and taking a look 
from the observer perspective, you know, really doing an honest assessment of all areas of your life and in particular with your relationship with yourself. How would you evaluate the quality of that relationship, your quality of life, your how you feel at work, your relationships, social relationships with other people? It's just doing an honest assessment and looking at where there's some opportunities for improvement. Um, uh, and I'm not going to be able to probably go through it in my head. I should, at this point, be able to tell you chapter by chapter, but I can tell you some of the com- key components. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a process of um, what I call the family of origin analysis. So, so you're starting off looking at assessing your life and then looking at what's not really working and then trying to understand kind of why. What are those patterns? What are those areas of life where I keep being stuck or I keep bumping up against the same areas of conflict or challenges or areas of unhappiness over and over again. Well, those patterns are, are rooted somewhere, and usually it's in the early template that is laid down by about the age of seven. And so then we do a look back at the family or the environment that you grew up in, because some people didn't grow up in a family. They grew up in other kinds of environments. Mm-hmm. And just getting very clear, identifying what was their role in that family system or that early system? What were the beliefs that they internalized? What were the habitual behaviors that they internalized about themselves and about the world that caused them to react and develop a certain kind of automatic operating system of thinking and feeling? And what are the, you know, what have the effects of that been? And then moving into from a place of what I call default, right, automatically reacting, to starting to live more deliberately and really thinking about and learning about how to change your thought and behavior patterns to better align with the results that you're wanting, you know, to achieve. Um, Other components or chapters in the book and parts of the process, um, I do a whole chapter on managing fear Mm -hmm. uh, because... Uh, and the title of it is managing manage fear so it doesn't manage you because fear is a huge component in and block and barrier that infuses people's relationship with themselves and and has a huge effect on their lives. So I do a whole chapter on that, identifying what your fears are, what where the where do they come from, where are the originators, and then kind of updating again your operating system so that those fears are no longer running you. Um, another component that I just want to mention, and I won't go through the whole thing, but this is a really important, there's two more more that I'd like to mention real quickly. Well, maybe we can actually hold those till we get back from our break. Oh, um, sure. I'm sorry. We, Absolutely. No problem. I, I really want to hear a little bit more about the fear also, because I think that's so powerful as um, as a limiting factor in, in our in, our basic lives, but certainly in relationships. Absolutely. So we're getting ready to take a short break, and we'll be right back with my guest, relationship expert, Lauren Mackler. Be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. 
Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Are you happy in your life, or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit DrSanicola.com. Again, that's DrSanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are visiting today with my guest, Lauren Mackler. She's a relationship expert, a coach, a psychotherapist, and author of a new bestseller, Soulmate, Master the Art of Aloneness and Transform Your Life. So before the break, Lauren, you were telling us about the importance of uh, understanding one's fears. And I'm so glad you said that because I think that's so fundamental to helping people move forward in their lives. Well, let me, maybe it's helpful. I can give uh, your listeners um, an actual tool that they can start using right away. Okay, Um, great. And there's a five-step process that I talk about in that chapter in terms of managing fear. So number one is to name your fear. Identify it. Get as clear about it as you can. Um, it might be, I'm afraid I'm going to fail, or I'm, gonna, I'm afraid I'm going to be alone the rest of my life, or I'm afraid that, that if I start my own business, no one, will, no one will want my services, or I'm afraid of rejection, or whatever it might be. And then number two, uh, play what I call the gloom and doom movie that you know, really play it out in your head. What story are you manufacturing or movie in your head? You know, in my coaching work, I talk about changing your story, right? Because your story creates your life. Mm-hmm. And so what story are you telling yourself that is then producing the, the emotion of fear? And get very clear about it. You're doing it anyway. You're just doing it deliberately and observing it. And then step three, do a reality check. Really challenge that movie that you're playing. Has that ever really happened? How likely is that? And as you do your reality check, more often than not, you're going to find, well, no, um, actually, that's never happened. Or, no, actually, I've got pretty good skills, and there does seem to be a market for my business, or whatever the reality check is. It will also... 
allow you to see what gaps of information that you need more information about about a particular topic, but more often than not, you're going to find that your when you do your reality check, your fears are unfounded. Mm-hmm. Then step four, you change the movie. You start very deliberately redirecting the mind because you're, you're playing a movie anyway, and mm-hmm. so you're just replacing the movie with what it is that you want to have happen because as you see that new success movie, you start to have a different emotional response, a physiological and emotional response, and it starts mm-hmm. to diminish the fear. You might even start to get some enthusiasm or excitement or optimism, but it starts to change the dynamic because you're changing the movie. And then step five is identifying what I call the core belief that set the whole fear in motion. And that's where you have to do that investigative family of origin work that we talked about in the last segment because you have to know what specific limiting beliefs did you internalize that are part of your operating system that you default to that may you may not be aware of, but they are embedded in the subconscious and they affect your everyday behaviors. Mm-hmm. So in the example of I'm afraid I'm, I'm going to fail if I start my own business, um, the core limiting belief in that example might be I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. So that's a five-step process. Again, I'll just kind of summarize. Identify the fear. I play the gloom and doom movie. Do a reality check. Change the movie to a success movie, and then identify the core limiting belief that set the whole thing in motion. Mm-hmm. And and really, you're talking about the fundamental step of bringing awareness to the process and what's underneath what you're right. already doing already, as you said. That's you right. know, sometimes people don't realize that we're already thinking, feeling, acting um, from a default position. Exactly. Exactly. Right. right. And I think before I, I interrupted you as we went to break, I think you said there were two more uh, steps that you were needing well, to... Well, as, as I was thinking about it on the break, there's, there's a few more that I, I, I should probably key out um, and highlight that I think are really important for people. Um, okay. One is um, a very powerful key called the inner nurturing parent. And that's something I write about at length in Soulmate. And the importance of developing your own, what I call, inner nurturing parent. And it's starting to treat yourself the way the most unconditionally loving, tender parent would. Most Mm -hmm. people are very tough on themselves. They self-judge. They don't eat right. They don't even make their own bed in the morning because it's just them. Things like that. Whereas if you started to change those behaviors and change them to very loving, loving self-talk, loving action through what you eat, through the types of relationships that you engage in, um, making your bed every day if you happen to live alone because you're doing it for yourself, mindfully and lovingly preparing a cup of tea for yourself as opposed to just doing it without thinking. Those things really make a difference, really, really are so impactful. And if you're by yourself, you can even talk out loud to yourself in a loving way. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know it sounds a little crazy, but it really does have an effect. And then another key is what I call um, becoming the partner you seek. Mm -hmm. And whether you're single or in a relationship, if you're expecting somebody else to complete you, and especially if you're in a relationship and you are waiting for your partner to meet your demands and expectations, um, it really has a negative impact on the relationship. You come across as either needy or demanding or um, 
controlling or whatever it is. Whereas if you can start taking responsibility for becoming, developing those qualities that you want in an ideal partner, those life circumstances that you might want a, you know, a, a new person in your life to, to bring into your life, taking responsibility for creating those yourself. Um, when you do participate in relationship, you're coming from a place of completeness instead of a place of neediness. Um, right. And then there were two more, unless you wanted to mm-hmm. interject no, no. something. Um, one was the importance of developing a strong inner and outer support system. Mm-hmm. And the inner support system is, is eating really healthy food, taking care of yourself, getting enough sleep, exercise, all that stuff that, that really feeds your inner resources. And then the outer support system are people in your life and professional resources that support you, that can help you be your optimal self and your authentic self. And, you know, living alone or mastering the art of aloneness is not about living in a vacuum. We need other people. That's part of um, how we take care of ourselves is through the outer support system. And then last but not least is having a very clear life vision of what it is that you want and a plan of action. You can't just visualize something and poof, it happens. You have to take action. Right. And, and of course, we all wish it could be visualized and poof. <laughs> but, yeah, I take exception know. with that concept. And, and, and that's a misnomer that I think has really permeated the New Age movement and self-help movement for many years, including myself. I, I worked affirmations for 20 years before I figured out that I had to actually do something. <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, to manifest yeah. what I wanted. And I think one of the the purpose of affirmations and visualizations is to help get clear. Exactly. You know, exactly. and, to, and right. some, sometimes it's hard to get people to actually sit down and do the work. You know, you have to write it down. You have to think about it. That's and right. On my often, website, on my homepage, is, I have um, three keys. Um, and if you don't mind me just mentioning the website's laurenmacker.com. No, no. People want to look at this. So on the home page, there's live boldly, there's um, there's live intentionally, and live strategically. And having the boldness and the fearlessness to really be who you are and to create the life that you aspire to. The live strategic, the live intentionally is having clear vision and aligning your actions with the results that you want. And the living strategically is what are the actions that I have to take and having a, having strategies in place you know, to, to change yourself or change your life. And those are really three key, I think, uh, ingredients to change. Mm-hmm. And so your work is really for people who are serious about this issue. Well, I do, <laughs> you know? I do different kinds of coaching. I am, a, I am what I call a psychotherapeutic coach, and I've created a methodology that I've named Illumineering, and I specifically named it that because it combines the best of psychotherapy with coaching. So the Illumineer part is the awakening, kind of the therapeutic awareness piece. Mm-hmm. And then the earring comes from the engineering your life, which is the coaching, and is, that's the action-oriented piece of the work. And because of my background, I've worked in, um, I have a master's in business and organizational development. Um, I was a psychotherapist, mind-body psychotherapist, and then my crossover from psychotherapy into the business world was via career management. Um, so I do a lot of different things, and I do life, career, relationship, and executive coaching. And I work with couples, and I work with even, I do family coaching, um, working with adult 
children and, uh, and their parents or business partners or siblings. I do all different kinds of configurations of interpersonal coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I work with people in any area of their life. It's not just, I mean, some people do come to work on relationship with themselves, but it's, um, I do a lot of different kinds of things. But I guess at the core, it's really about helping people liberate their potential and, mm-hmm. and more fully come into being who they were born to be. Right, and that's what uh, really inspired me to to follow through and see if you'd be willing to come on the show because I thought that's so consistent with the idea of being the best you can be. Exactly, exactly. It's right in line with, with your show, for sure. Exactly, right, right. So um, <clears throat> what would be the, the next step that, that people would take? If they're interested in this, what, what should they do next? Should they uh, get started on their own with your book? Well, um, they certainly could do that, and, and they, can, they can purchase it in bookstores or online. It's also available in the library for somebody that might not want to buy it. And, um, and, and going through the process on their own, and I do say in the book that um, it's a self-help book, but for some people it can be challenging to do it by yourself, especially mm-hmm. people that come from especially traumatic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, as you go through the part um, uncovering what I call uncovering your conditioned self, and that's doing the family of origin analysis and looking at that going into the past, some people have really painful pasts, right. and um, and they may find it helpful um, to do the process with a therapist or you know somebody in the field. Um, or, you know, people, I've had a lot of emails from people that are in therapy and they brought the book into the, into the therapy and had mm-hmm. the therapist facilitate the process. Oh, that's well a great idea. As well as a lot idea. of therapists that are using the book um, to, to work with their clients. Mm-hmm. But there are people that do it. There's plenty of people that go through the process on their own as well. I think it's very individual and a person just needs to go for it and see, see how it works for them see on their what? own. Right. I'm so glad you mentioned the idea of trauma because I think, you know, there's there's so many people who suffer from traumas and even micro traumas that I, I think it's very hard to manage on your own. With, it is. Uh, I mean, I, I was a, a therapist myself. And, and when I, it was really a, a godsend when I found, finally found a therapist that I could actually work with. Um, I worked with somebody after my divorce for actually several years and found it tremendously helpful. Um, it took a while to find her um, because I'm, and, and as you probably know, therapists are not the easiest people to therapize, um, and I'm a strong personality. So I had mm-hmm. to find a certain kind of person that I felt really comfortable with and, and I you know, felt at ease with. Um, but... When it's yourself, it's, it's a lot harder because you're on the inside looking out. You just don't mm-hmm. have that same level of objectivity. That's certainly true. I, I know I always tell people that it's really hard to see the picture when you're in the frame. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, That's a good um, analogy. Yes. Um, it's just very challenging to manage on your own uh, in many cases but I think it's wonderful and one of the reasons I do the show is that there are these tools available for people and um, you know if you live someplace where you can get to a therapist or you don't have the resources to get to a therapist or a coach or whatever it may be that you know, books like yours are available, materials are available that people can just grab a hold of and start working with. Yep, 
Um, I also, I work with people all over the world, and one thing that's been um, fabulous has been the invention of Skype. Yes, <laughs> Just, absolutely. Um, because before Skype, when people want, that didn't live, I live in the Boston area, and people that were not in the Boston area that wanted to work with me, um, I just really didn't like phone coaching. It's just not the same. It's not the same um, at all, yes. And it's sort of like trying to do it with your hands tied behind your back. It just like exactly. something felt off. And yeah. so I work with people all over the world via Skype or FaceTime, mm-hmm. which right. has really opened up, you know, really made those resources available to people worldwide, which is really exciting and, and yes. wonderful. It's very and shows like, and like yours that just that that go that are now global that yes. can reach so many different kinds of people and in so many different kinds of situations. Yes, it's wonderful to be able to reach people in that way. And we're getting ready to take another short break here. We'll be right back with my guest, Lauren Mackler, relationship expert, author, coach, psychotherapist. Be right back. us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy with your financial life or are you like most people underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We're visiting today with my guest, Lauren Mackler. And, you know, Lauren, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about um, are some of the issues about aloneness and being alone and how it might impact men versus women. Yeah, that's that's a, a very important, um, I think, topic and point to make. Um, I think, in some ways, it, there's a lot of common ground and similarities, and there are some, definitely. I think I've, I have found some differences. Um, I think the the similarities are um, that because we haven't learned um, as a society how to really build a strong and healthy um, and and full relationship on our own as individuals, very often we feel lonely and we feel voids, and and we get 
you know, sad and depressed um, if we don't have a lot of external, you know, people and activity and all that kind of stuff surrounding us. And I think that's common to both men and women. Um, I think that women tend to, and I'm generalizing, and there are always exceptions to what I'm saying, but overall this is what I have seen in my over 20 years of work, um, that women will more often than men report fear, being afraid of being alone. Um, I think that from early on, um, men are more conditioned to be more self-sufficient. And, and even today, still the mindset or, and the um, unconscious programming around being providers, that still permeates society, not to the degree that it did when, you know, when probably when you and I were little, mm-hmm. but it's still there. I think it's going it to take a while there. for it to kind of um, dilute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that because of that, um, the old mindset of women needing a provider is still sort of hanging in the air and affects women more than men around the idea of being alone and not having somebody there. Um, the other thing that I think is different, and I, I'm sure you've seen this as well in your work, is that that men are programmed to uh, much le- have less permission to be emotional, mm-hmm. to express their emotions. You know, there's the mindset of, um, they need to be macho. They need to, you know, just kind of pull, pull themselves up by the bootstraps and suck it up and be men. And again, I think that that's lessened and softened over the years. But I think it's still, compared to the conditioning for women, it's still much more present for men to hold in their emotions and not be quote weak or vulnerable. And so that makes it harder for them to reach out for help and support. And it's again, like you said in the last segment. It's hard when you're shouldering all these kinds of burdens and and issues and feelings by yourself without support. Right. So I, those are some of the differences that I've seen and some of the similarities. You know, um, let me just touch base with you on this. I don't know um, if it's a change that I'm seeing or if it's uh, broader than that. I don't do a lot of couples therapy, but I do some and um, I sort of accept people with the idea that that I think that they're willing to do the work together. And recently, I would say in the last couple of years, um, of all of the couples that I've been working with, the man has called first to come in for therapy. And that, um, I've never seen that before. But in each instance, the man has called to set up the appointment. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that is that, and I would I would echo that as as also I would say that that's less usual than from what I've seen, right? Um, and and I think that that to my point a minute ago, I think that women are more likely to reach out for help because it's more socially acceptable, mm-hmm. um, and and so I think that's great news. I mean, that's it nice is. to hear that they, that they that things are changing and they feel um, inclined to reach out and take the initiative. Um, to do right. counseling or coaching. Yeah, I was pretty impressed, which is why they're all in my practice now, <laughs> you know, um, that uh, it was quite a change for me. So um, really good. Yeah, yeah. So what else do you think is important to share about the the process or the um, the coaching that you offer? Or what, what else do you think people should know? Well, um, I th- what I'd love to do is, is just do a little overview of kind of the foundation of, of my understanding of the world in terms of okay. our life conditioning. 
um, and and see if it kind of makes sense um, to you and, and to your listeners to put it in okay. context. So this is just the world according to me. This is my this is my belief system. This is what makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're born, we're very whole, integrated human beings, and we're born with innate personality traits. We're born with innate gifts and talents. We're born with the ability to feel the whole palette of human emotion. You know, fear, mm-hmm. joy. Um, excitement, you know, all that stuff without any censoring, without any filters. It's just, you know, one minute to the next we're emoting and feeling and expressing. And we're also born with a very intact self-esteem. And then we come into this thing called the family or, you know, some some structure of a, of a family kind of context, and the life conditioning process begins, and it starts to shape us and mold us. And we learn who to be and how to be based on our early environment. And depending on what's going on in that environment, that innate wholeness and all that potential not only is retained and and grows and flourishes and and develops and thrives, um, but we are in a safe environment. We're able to really be who we are. And in that system, all the roles are fluid and different people express different parts of themselves at any given time. That's in a healthy, what I'd call a constructive family system. Mm -hmm. And... um, most of us come from families that are more on the dysfunctional side. Mm-hmm. And those would be families in which some or all of the basic human needs are not really able to be met on an ongoing basis. Um, there may be very rigid rules of how you're supposed to be. And if you express who you really are, you're met with disapproval or criticism or something like that. There's some kind of dysfunction in the family. It might be um, alcoholism. It might be alcohol dependency. Not everybody is an alcoholic that, that mm-hmm. drinks on a regular basis. It still can impact their ability to be present for their children. Mm-hmm. Um, they may be workaholic parents or whatever the issues are. There's some level of dysfunction for most of us. And so parts of our innate wholeness get compromised become eroded, become diminished, it seems to be part of the human condition. You know, it's just like being on the planet. All of us are wounded in some way and have Mm -hmm. an uh, an eroding um, impact on our innate wholeness. And so the work that I do at its core is really looking at specifically what were the things that shaped you that helped to um, what that taught you how to how to think and believe about yourself and the world around you, which then formed habitual behavioral patterns of how to how to operate in the world, and what do, and what parts of your specifically what parts of your innate wholeness were lost. Mm-hmm. And they call those lost parts. Yeah, that's and, a, a, and a beautiful might, summary. Sorry. And- I said, that's a beautiful summary. It's a beautiful way of putting it. I think it's so comprehensive. And um, we need to take another short break. Okay, so, sure. So um, as we come back, maybe we can hear a little we'll bit more about, about how to that. how those lost parts. Yes, please. We'll be right back with my guest, Lauren Mackler. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy with your financial life or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again? 
hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking today with my guest, Lauren Mackler, and she's helping us learn about understanding ourselves and relationships and relationship to others. And um, uh, before I interrupted you, Lauren, I think you were giving us an overall summary and you had a couple of points that you were you needed to make still? Yeah, so the, the last piece of it was we were talking about the um, what I call lost parts, the mm-hmm. parts of our innate wholeness and innate potential that get compromised or diminished as a result of our life conditioning. And, um, and it's a really important piece of the work. Um, and in my life coaching um, program, that's specifically what we focus on, is, is identifying what those lost parts are very specifically um, and it can be the part that feels confident and feels powerful. It might be the part that feels intelligent and smart. It mm-hmm. might be the part that um, feels deserving. Um, and I could go on and on. And, right. and doing the work that identifying what actions will help you to reclaim those parts and bring them back into the fold so you can come back into a state of wholeness. And an example, a concrete example that might be helpful for your listeners would be um, there was a client that I worked with who was a, he became a multimillionaire at 35, and he was the oldest um, child, he was the only boy, and he was kind of like the golden Wunderkind of the family. And he was all about duty and responsibility and had gotten straight A's and all the private schools and top of his class, and a very serious person. And he had no idea how to enjoy life and play and have fun. Mm. So as an example of concrete actions that produce new results, um, I had him sign up for a comedy improv class. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) As a way of really connecting, not intellectually, but experientially to the part Mm -hmm. that had been lost so long ago. Mm -hmm. And um, at first he was, you know, I'm not doing, are you kidding? I'm not doing that. And he did a six-week course and he came back Mm -hmm. after the first session and said, now I know what you're talking about, about playfulness. I didn't even know what it meant before. Wow. How powerful. Yeah. It's doing things um, like if you're working on reclaiming, becoming more empowered, go sign up for a kickboxing class because it connects you to your power. And mm-hmm. as you reconnect to these parts experientially and do it over and over again, 
that's how you change your operating system and come back into a place of wholeness because you're developing that part. Just like you're working out at a gym, you're working out those muscles that have, that have kind of gone, you know, that have atrophied and you're bringing them back into the fold. Yeah, that's that was such a beautiful example. And I know uh, a number of months ago, I had a guest on who is a psychologist and also an improviser, as I learned that that's what that's called. And so she talked about the similarities between therapy and improvisation. Oh, so, yeah, it's such a great technique. It know, really is. I, I don't really think I good. could do it. But <laughs> and a lot, and, it, and it, uh, I just assigned it to a coaching client this week and who's working on, um, you know, connecting more to her power. She tends, has tended to be kind of a people pleaser, approval seeker, you know, habitually, and we're really working on that. And um, so she's going to do an improv class because it forces you to also trust yourself Mm-hmm. Instead of guarding and censoring yourself all the time, you have to be spontaneous and trust yourself. Yes. And it's, it you know, connects you to your fun, playful part. That's right. That's a, a great, a great tool. And one of the things I, I want to make sure I have time to do today, Lauren, is I want to, once again, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your expertise with us today. I appreciate your taking the time. Oh, it's been my pleasure. You've been such a lovely, gracious host. It's been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And can you tell us, please, how can people find you? Well, it's real easy. It's My website is my name, and it's laurenmackler.com, L-A-U-R-E-N-M-A-C-K-L-E-R. And that's M like Mary, laurenmackler.com. And um, they can find me via my website, and um, Soulmate is available in bookstores and online. It's S-O-L-E-M-A-T-E, um, not the other kind of Soulmate, Master right. the Art of Aloneness and Transform Your Life. So those are two resources. There's also a blog on, on my website that have a lot of free resources and articles and videos and a lot of tools there that people can also access for free. And there's also, um, I just thought of it, some videos on YouTube as well, free videos up there people can oh. view oh, also that would under be, my name yeah that would be really helpful and and you know I, I speaking of empowerment and and getting in touch with one's fun side I, uh, one of my guests some months ago taught me a new technique of how to spell your name when you need to spell it for uh, uh, people to understand where to go and you said M is in Mary how about M is in marvelous A is oh, in awesome that's so sweet <laughs> That's a nice way to end the show. That was very sweet. Isn't that a wonderful way to... to look at that process and it totally changes the energy from just saying, oh, Emma's in Mary, you know, to really think, oh... You know, that feels different to say, Emma's in Marvelous. Yeah, or Emma's yeah. Magnificent. I use Magnificent, yes. that word, a lot. I love that word. It's one of my most yes. favorite words. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So once again, thank you so much. And um, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you'll all tune in also next week when my guest will be Rick Vanderklein. He's a musician and entrepreneur talking about his life lessons. And I hope you'll please visit and like my Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash Dr. Linda Sanicola. And I leave you today with the words of David Simon. Everything we do, we do for love. The beauty of love is that in giving it away, you are left with more than you had before. Thanks again for listening. See you all next week.
Thank you for listening. Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola can be heard each Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week. We'll be right back. 